July 23, 1903, the Ford Motor Company sells its first car after changing the name to Model A from Model Anti-Semite. Welcome to The Revisionists. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And our guest tonight is a host of many very fine shows, uh, a good friend, and one of my favorite comics to watch in Denver. Please welcome back Steve Vanderplug. Hello. Steve, thank you for returning to the, a returning champion Thanks. to the thank show, you. if thank I recall you. correctly. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah. Steve created uh, or made solid the idea that Caligula is a time-traveling, mm. coke-addicted... <laughs> Uh, record producer, I think. Hell yeah. I don't know if he He's... said coke addicted or if you just implied that, but I think that's fair. Well, of course, it's Caligula, dude. He did all the drugs. And he's a record producer. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're new to the show, uh, each episode we take a topic from history. One of us presents the official version of that story. One of us comes up with an alternate version. And the story that wins becomes our accepted history Yeah. going forward. Uh, I had that written down, and I completely fucked it up. But whatever. <laughs> if you listen to our last episode, The Culper Ring, then you'll know that the slightly tweaked alternate version won out, mm. um, where The Culper Ring was still a ring of spies, but they were aided by Mary Todd Lincoln sending her husband back in time by ha- having him killed early through some sort of ghost physics, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, to sort of lead the American Revolution. Yeah. It was like a combination... Ghostbusters Back to the Future device that okay. sends ghosts back in time. Okay. <laughs> the, yes. the ultimate 80s movie. A sort of combination Ghostbusters Back to the Future. I mean, it's not really, it doesn't involve Ghostbusters except for the presence of ghosts. Well, you gotta trap the ghost. Yeah, if there's ghosts, there have ghosts to be Ghosts don't go back in time willingly. Everybody knows that. Or so. If That's, it's a ghost, the scary would, thing about ghosts is from they're, they're from a past era. If they're from the future, it's like, why am I even scared of this? I don't it's know, a more progressive ghost? time. The they're thing. probably future less ghosts? racist than me. I don't know. Future ghosts, man. Yeah, that, that's the thing that's scary about ghosts. Because if they're really like old-fashioned ghosts, you're like, oh, fuck, what is he going to say next? Yeah, it's like oh, having God. dinner with Grandpa. <laughs> In some ways, it is. What if it's just like a bunch of... So, yeah, sometimes literally. <laughs> old tweens. Like, they're still tweens, but they're like old. And they just run around talking about like... Middle school drama. Oh, yeah, no. pushing hoops with sticks. That would be aw- that'd be the worst kind of ghost. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the worst kind of ghost, but that's also the best kind of middle school drama. Ghost? I don't know. Ghost drama is real bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's My soul is trapped, and also Becky's soul is here, and I hate her. <laughs> Seven minutes in heaven. Very literal. <laughs> the ghost realm. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it well this week we'll be discussing uh john lawrence to me one of the most engaging like romantic figures yeah. of the american revolution uh, yeah i think it i think it technically is pronounced lorenz because there's no lawrence. c or w yeah lawrence like lawrence. La- the name lauren like a, a a girl that you had a crush on in high school might have <laughs> might yes <laughs> or like a name that a girl has in general regardless um, of how you feel about her i'm trying to make her feel better i don't, I don't <laughs> like Laura has very low self-esteem and i'm just trying to say you know somebody out there appreciates she's just switching between podcasts waiting for someone 
to just maybe hint at that. Lauren, maybe they never had the courage to say it, but somebody out there appreciated you. <laughs> it wasn't me, though. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> Steve's heart is cold and numb. I don't, I've met a lot of Laurens that kind of sucked. <laughs> like, they're just not good people. Okay. I mean, there's probably Ooh. cool... It's like cops, you know? Like, yeah, Lauren. there's <laughs> probably good cops out there. There's probably good Laurens, yeah. but... Yeah, every never Lauren Lauren. in high school is a cop now. Hashtag Lauren Lives Matter. <laughs> All Laurens matter. <laughs> yeah. No, no way. <laughs> well, this episode I'll be presenting the true story, and Zach, you'll be doing the alternate. That's right, yeah. And I get a judge. Mm-hmm. And that being said, uh, immediately I will let you know that I am going to be counting points. <laughs> I will be I counting say, points. You, I was wondering why you had like a pen and paper handy. To yes, keep- I'm ready. I'm prepared. Question question first, before okay. either of you can get started. In the John Lawrence biopic, mm-hmm. who would play John Lawrence if you could cast anybody to play John Lawrence? Ooh. Uh, I mean, my first thought was Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. That, uh, but I feel like he should just be in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like there'd be a lot of fanboy, Lawrence fanboy outcry at the casting of Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, we should do Kristen Wiig. <laughs> Kristen Wiig would make an amazing John Lawrence. Yeah, Leslie jo- Let's just do both. Leslie, Leslie Jones. Jones. Yeah. You, you guys are agreeing on Leslie Jones? I think Leslie Jones mm-hmm. is a good choice. Yeah. She is older than he was when he died. <laughs> I wanted... I wanted- a different answer from each of you. Okay. So neither of you got points. Oh, so okay. it's still zero zero. All right. But oh, so this is like a real world road rules challenge am, type thing. Where I am, we have to. Yes. I'll be counting. Okay. Uh, I, the, the, this is a contest. You know what? Right? I saw the history. Ghostbusters movie and I'm going to change my answer to say Kate McKinnon really stole that show. I'm going to go with her. Mm. All right. One point for Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the new Ghostbusters yet, but I've heard really good things. It's pretty good. It's enjoyable. Uh, very solid uh, reboot of that franchise. Anyway, if we're ready to begin, mm-hmm. John, to me, like I said earlier, John Lawrence's Life and Death is one of the like most romantic, and to me, it's like one of the greatest what might have been stories in American history. He, to me, he's like the Bobby Kennedy of the American Revolution, but like from the South, so different accent. Um, Maybe they had a different accent in the South back then. What do you think his accent was like? I I mean, I imagine it was traditional Southern. Biscuits and gravy. Next point up is whoever has the better John Lawrence accent. terrible as accent. Let's hear it. How are you? I, Governor. (laughs) All right, Zach, let's hear yours. All right, right. I haven't done a Southern in a while. Oh, it's a hot one here in revolutionary Georgia. <laughs> so hot, I gotta fan myself with this large hat. <laughs> and we're tied 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Are you like an erotic character from a Tennessee Williams play? That seems like John Lawrence, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, it sure is sweating down oh here. <laughs> down south. <laughs> he was homeschooled uh, This in an era where homeschooling was common. But after his mother died, his father took him to London to finish his school, and he was really interested in science and medicine, but his father basically pushed him into studying law. He was the son of a man named Henry Lawrence, who was one of the largest slave traders in the country. And because this was South Carolina, uh, his slave trading father was sent to the Continental Congress, because South Carolina is North Carolina's shameful secret, uh, even still. (laughs) <laughs> he went to Philadelphia with his father, and then 
told his father that he was going to continue on to George Washington's camp to enlist in the army uh, against his father's wishes. Uh, and in battle after battle, he showed what George Washington described as, quote, reckless courage. Yeah, I think somebody, it might have been Lafayette, said something like, mm-hmm. uh, it's not of his own fault that he was not wounded or killed. He did everything in his power to ensure this would happen. Yeah. Basically. After seeing him fight. In uh, yeah, battle. after getting wounded at the Battle of Brandywine, yeah, so and once his horse was shot out from under him as well. Mm-hmm. Damn, yeah. poor horse. Yeah, yeah that he, horse, but that horse has been dead for like so long now. It's yeah. been, it's and most soon. horses from the American Revolution are dead now. Yeah, just like most dogs from old movies are dead, now. except Old Timber, Depending. who's going to be starring in the 2017 movie Old Timber, the horse, the horse who fought in every war. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that horse is. The most easily scared horse in the world. He has a lot of PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) Keep him in solitary, poor horse. (laughs) Until a war breaks out. No, not yet. He's got a talent for for bloodshed. (laughs) And of course, Old Timber shot himself when he heard Donald Trump was running for president. Not again with this shit. Lawrence eventually became one of Washington's closest aides, uh, along with Alexander Hamilton, and they became best friends. And did he ever call him Aham? Uh, he signed his letters A. Ham a lot, so yeah. possibly Aham. Aham. Uh, that was also what he ordered at room service. Yeah, um, it was really gimmicky, to be honest with you. People got really sick of it. Like every time they go out to a restaurant, <laughs> like it was the funniest thing. I want to challenge you to a duel now. <laughs> It's getting pretty yeah. Kanye West in here going ham. <laughs> what? Ham? I don't. I, it stands for hard as a mother f- effer. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm trying not. I'm trying not to swear too much on this podcast. Oh, it's it's fine. In case my mom fucking listens to <laughs> all this shit. Yeah. Just Steve's- in case. Hi, mom. Hey, Steve's mom. Steve's mom knows apparently nothing about his personal life, <laughs> including the fact that he... She's she's probably listening to this. This is like a common thing on podcasts where at some point I bring up my mother mm-hmm. and like... Yeah. I know it's she's listening It's also a common it. thing in your diary. Yeah, I was going to oh, say podcasts and therapy sessions. <laughs> no, I love my mom. She's the best, but she's always like listening to podcasts to, to see what I'm doing with my life. That's actually and it's way like, more supportive than my family. Yeah. Podcasts are the new writing letters to home. Yeah, that's true. She's trying to find dirt. She's trying to find dirt on me. (laughs) Send it to grandma. Mom, I'm on a a podcast about history. I'm really fucking up. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, of all Lauren's good qualities, uh, his bravery, his vast, vast stores of knowledge, the most notable to me is that he was one of the most vocal abolitionists of the time. He went so far as to say, quote, We Americans, at least in the southern colonies, uh, cannot contend with good grace for liberty until we have, until we shall have enfranchised our slaves. Okay, now can you do it in the accent? I was hoping that for, would... For five points. Oh. We Americans, at least in the southern colonies, cannot contend with good grace for liberty until we shall have enfranchised our slaves. I'm going to give you four points for it. I'll take that. I'll take that all day. This point system is making me nervous. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, it's the way Steve looks at you when he awards you points. That makes it seem like he almost gets a sort of sexual pleasure out of it. You get four points. Uh, uh. And of course, this was 
this flew in the face of his father and the general zeitgeist. The whole Revolutionary War is predicated on a shaky compromise between the North and the South that the North will just ignore the issue of slavery to keep the Southerners on their side because that was really the only way they can continue the fight against the British. Lawrence proposed a plan wherein uh, enslaved blacks would gain their freedom by joining the Continental Army. Uh, he even told his father that in lieu of his inheritance, uh, he would take a battalion of freed blacks that he could use to defend his home state of South Carolina. And he gained approval from the Continental Congress. Uh, his father was no longer president of the Congress at that time, uh, who's in fact replaced by John Jay, who was later a member of the New York Manumission Society with Alexander Hamilton, which I wrote as A.Ham. <laughs> A.Ham. A.Ham. Did you write but, did you write it in your notebook as A.Ham? I did. Yeah. One more point. <laughs> yes. If I am not mistaken, the same Congress kind of eventually kept shooting down his plans to actually enact his measure. Uh, not quite, which I'll get to that in a minute. Around this time, Lawrence entered into a duel with General Charles Lee, uh, who was one of the commanders during the Battle of Monmouth. And Washington had Lee arrested for showing cowardice and ignoring orders. And Lee basically uh, used surrogates and the press to trash Washington. And so Lawrence challenged him to a duel and ended up shooting him in the side. In his duel, by the way, Alexander Hamilton was Lawrence's second because they were best friends. And it's rumored by some that they uh, had a sexual relationship. Like, that's also said about, like, Lincoln and Joshua Speed. Though there are a number of letters that seem, from Hamilton's perspective, to... Have a lot of innuendo in them. Yeah. And his son, when publishing them, said, I cannot in decency publish the entirety of this letter. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, and most of Lawrence's correspondence are either he didn't write much or a lot of them are missing. And some mm. historians speculate that that is because his family did not want, uh, his reputation to be tarnished by the fact that he was very possibly a homosexual man or had a homosexual affair. Yeah. I mean, they also, from what I read, he seemed to, throughout his life, have a little interest in women for the most part. Though he did marry a woman. Yeah. I mean, come on, though. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean much. I know. That's, yeah. And, but this is also a time when the language of expressing male on male friendship, uh, which is not a term, uh, was different, like when examined from, like, our perspective today. Yeah. And so, like, whenever anyone, Hints that, oh, maybe these two guys were fucking because they were friends and expressed their affection this way. I sort of tend to take it with a grain of salt. Well, um, even Chernow, from what I read, said that he mm -hmm. thinks Hamilton at least had a crush yeah. on John Lawrence. Yeah, I, I drew a lot of this from the Ron Chernow biography of Alexander Hamilton, and he does definitely say that. So it's like the plot of I Love You, Man. I, I have not seen that. You've never seen I Love You, Man? I've not. I've oh. heard it. I've heard good things. That's yeah. Jim Carrey and like other no, no, dude, no, right? No, no, no. It's Jason Segal and Paul Rudd. There's. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah Judd Apatow. It's not a bad movie. Oh, I was thinking of I Love You, Philip Morris. But there was even a letter <laughs> where Hamilton profusely told Lawrence that his affection for him would not diminish merely because he was being married, which. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's pretty, uh. Hey. And he then included a daguerreotype of his dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, of course, went unpublished because his son's like, in all honesty, I cannot publish the entirety of this, this daguerreotype. So he just published half of it. <laughs> but which half? The Ooh, bottom? You'll have to right? read and find out. <laughs> um, so in 1778, 
the British attacked the southern colonies uh, because they had a larger proportion of loyalists. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence resigned his very, very high position in Washington's army yeah. uh, to go and defend the South, defend his homeland. And I, if you don't mind terribly, since we have talked about a lot of white dudes on this show... I want to briefly say the reason they had so many loyalists in the yes, British Army I, yeah. is because they had a much better promise for the slaves, or at least one that was enacted better, called Lord Dunmore's Promise. Yes. Which was um, this promise that if they aided the British, and that they would be freed after the war. And a lot of them were. Cornwallis didn't follow up on his part of the deal, but a lot of the generals did, and relocated thousands of slaves to Canada, mm-hmm. to the Caribbean, to Spanish Florida, and... I don't think it was all out of the goodness of their hearts. Um, they get more troops. No, absolutely. And but, taking slaves away kind of hurts the economy of the American colonies. But, yeah. Yeah, and I mean... There was um, even a fellow named Colonel Ty, who was a black leader, who mm-hmm. probably targeted troops that, like, the, the same army that Lawrence was in prior to the Battle of Monmouth, though he was hurt in a raid and, and died. Uh, but there's also uh, the uh, the Rhode Island Battalion, which was a free black battalion, albeit from a northern state. And in the letters of the people who supported Lawrence's plan, Hamilton, Lawrence, of course, uh, they talked about not just the desirability of freeing blacks who have been kept enslaved in order to increase their troop numbers, but they talked about it as putting a foot in the door for abolition. Yeah. And that when people saw black troops' capacity and their willingness to fight, that they would see their innate humanity and slavery would die. Yeah. Basically. And I, yeah, I only bring it up because we've talked a lot about oh, totally. white folks. And I feel like we probably should talk a little bit about what black people were doing to contribute both for oh, and against absolutely. the American Revolution. And I had a few episodes planned on that in the future. Two points for Zach. Uh, when Lawrence heads to the South, he brings his approved plan to raise uh, the Free Black Battalion to the South Carolina legislature, because they're the ones who would need to approve it, and they end up rejecting it three times. Yeah. Because it's South Carolina. It's the one of the most deeply racist states. Uh, I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. Lawrence uh, eventually ended up fighting in a battalion under uh, another general defending Charleston, and when the British captured Charleston, he was taken prisoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after he was exchanged, he was sent to Paris as an envoy, which, like, who the fuck wasn't at this point? Because, like, fucking John Adams, Jefferson, Franklin, Lafayette, but he was French. And after successfully campaigning in Paris for guns and money, Lauren... Was he uh, in a gang at all? Uh, I mean... I mean, in a manner of speaking... Yeah, I was going to say... The Revolutionary well, Army was kind of a gang. But now I, I mean, they were a ragtag group of mostly street toughs. Yeah. And farmers. Yeah. Farm toughs. Farmers are hardcore. All right. And then late in the game, when they were losing the big, you know, the big playoffs, they brought in some heavy hitters like uh, Baron Von Steuben. Rochambeau. Yeah. Yeah. Some, was that their linebacker? Kids. That was... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was their Weebay, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Sons of Liberty actually also sounds like sounds like a pretty good gang name. Although I've never been in a gang nor like managed one, so I don't know how they market themselves. Clearly, mostly one word names. I think are like Kings, Crips, Bloods. Uh, Kings I don't is know. actually short for Latin Kings. I don't know. Like <laughs> Fathers of Liberty would be like the rival gang for Sons of Anarchy. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, my gangs. Yeah, that's a good gang name. Yep, Fathers of Liberty. (laughs) They're just mad at their dads. You each get a half a point. Wait, there's half points. 
Yes. Oh, fuck. This yeah. is the Vanderplug scoring system. So The Fathers oh, of Liberty, do they drive souped-up minivans around and just... <laughs> They're Exeteras. Okay. <laughs> of course. Some Tesla. 2016. <laughs> they're all they're all raised Exeteras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so after successfully campaigning in Paris for guns and money, Lawrence returns to America in time to join his closest friend Hamilton at the Battle of Yorktown, uh, where Lawrence commanded a battalion under Hamilton. And though Yorktown was the victory at Yorktown was the beginning of the end of the Revolutionary War. The British British forces were still around. They didn't all leave at once. Yeah. So after the battle, Lawrence returns to South Carolina. And in August 1782, uh, there's a group of British soldiers that were foraging for rice outside of Charleston. And Lawrence ignored orders and tried to ambush them, which is kind of symptomatic of his whole mindset of, like Washington said, reckless courage. And the British were tipped off about it. And upon standing up to charge, he was instantly shot and became one of the last men to die for the American Revolution. After he died, Alexander Hamilton wrote in a letter to General Green, How strangely are human affairs conducted that so many excellent qualities could not ensure a more happy fate. The world will feel the loss of a man who has left few like him behind, and America of a citizen who whose heart realized that patriotism of which others only talk. And that's sort of, to me, like, the best thing. The thing about John Lawrence is that he sort of represents, to me, the America that the founders thought they were building or said they were building in their rhetoric. Like a land of equality and liberty that's built on these sort of romantic ideals. Uh, but they were all, not all, but a lot of them were slavers. A lot of them didn't risk their lives in the war. And uh, Lawrence did. And he sort of epitomized the more perfect America that would continue to build itself over the course of the next couple centuries and continues today. If if you could describe a song, pick one song to describe his life as a whole, mm. what would that song be? Ooh, I mean, Shook Ones Part 2 comes to mind by Mob Deep. Okay. Seinfeld theme. Seinfeld theme. Seinfeld theme wins. He did write that, so. Zach, you get a... He wrote it. <laughs> you get a star. That. Is that like, is this like risk? Does the star represent like five or ten? I mean, this is the... Don't ask him to reveal his code. Yeah. <laughs> The, Sorry. The winner will be announced at the end of the show. <laughs> it's like Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. <laughs> that was an impossibly stupid cut. But that's. I like it. Half a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be more than a star. Zach. So, Zach, I believe if you're ready with the alternate, yeah. take it away. Uh, so, just the first thing is. Obviously, I'm just going to peel the bandage off first. Obviously, Hamilton and Lawrence had an affair. That's. Without question, that's true. By the way, listeners, you didn't notice this, but Zach took his shirt off in the process of me Uh, telling the story, and now he's rubbing his muscles. I have an undershirt on. Yeah, okay, yes. I'm not slowly stripping more and more. Well, technically, I am stripping more and more naked, but not... This is the extent. you want some extra points? (laughs) I'll do anything for points. (laughs) It's also worth noting that John Lawrence was not a mere man. John Lawrence. He was a mere cat. Sorry. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. Was an angel. 
<laughs> the angel of the spirit of America. The angel of oh. the spirit of America. Or the guardian angel of America, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> of course, because we won't be a country again till John Lawrence dies. And if you want more proof, if you want more proof that he embodied everything American and that he was an angel, if you just look at the name J. Lawrence and rearrange it, it says, <laughs> you are angels. <laughs> First of all. Spelled with a J. Okay. Because obviously misspelling is very American. And spelled U-R because meme spelling is also very American. And he knew that because he was the spirit of America then and now. <laughs> so he created memes? He did create memes. He was the first meme. He had many other good qualities. Though. When he went into war, he would yell, nyan, 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 nyan. That's Wait, a, is that's a, a thing? Nyan, nyan cat? It's I, a meme. God damn it's it. a cat that's a Pop-Tart. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, okay. That's... You earn yourself a cat that's a Pop-Tart. Great! <laughs> but uh, how did he diffuse the ideas of American exceptionalism? Well, like all angels, he spread divine inspiration through sex. <laughs> Sex angel. Yeah, obviously. Five dude. points. I mean, that's how Mary was impregnated with Jesus. And though we've established that's that that was a con, it is based on truth. That's also the name of Zach's R&B album, Sex Which, Angel. Oh, Sex Angel. Yeah, it is. That's true. I'm just trying to get the sales up on that because they are not optimal. So he had an affair with Hamilton. And through that affair, Hamilton got divine inspiration that led him to create things like the National Bank later in life that uh, made him believe that slavery was wrong. All of these things. He had an affair with Thomas Paine, who he knew, (laughs) which inspired Thomas Paine to write some of the philosophy that shaped the American Constitution. Some of the erotic philosophy that (laughs) shaped the American Constitution. (laughs) Oh, erotic philosophy. Brian, you get a smile. Franklin? Franklin was in there. You know Franklin got some. Franklin was all over the place these days. Franklin, of course, being a robot powered by syphilis. Well, yeah, it makes it even, you know, better sex. But <laughs> That's not what syphilis does. But the robot part. And also, he was an angel. Angels are immune to syphilis. Everybody knows. Even Washington, who was not... We have to remember, Washington was two children who were, like, of age. Because they were born... Oh, so two adults. Yeah, but they were like short. Okay, that's okay. Short adults are Peter Tinklage is not a child. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, timeline wise, they have to have become adults at some point. <laughs> even though we did establish that they are children in a coat. Uh, he even got when he went to London. He even got to like second base with King George the Third, which is why he uh, recognized not the American nation so fast. Like King George all the III way. got his name because he kept going to third base with <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't go past it. Um, he was really the first one, but yeah, every king and queen actually that applies to. So like Richard the Seventh, like what the fuck did he do? I don't even know. Lost I'm, to time. I'm gonna just start going by Steve Vanderplug the Sixteenth. And yeah. of course, Pope John the 23rd. Yeah, he does some freaky shit. <laughs> of course, he's a pope. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> good point, good point, good point. Oh, it also good explains. Point for one point for Brian. <laughs> um, it also explains his inability to be harmed despite being insanely reckless in combat. Angelic protection, divine intervention. No one could harm old John Lawrence. Not oh, so I his you were horse. Rhyme that. 
<laughs> yeah, his horse were fucked. Yeah. Uh, Basically, all the bullets deflected off him and killed his horse. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Directly into yeah, his like horse. like an Independence Day force field around him. But his horses were fucked. Um, it's why he fought for the integration uh, of black people into American society, because he knew that black culture and uh, uh, ideas are fundamental cornerstones of what America was and what it mm-hmm. would become. He was also a white person because white people taking credit for black people's ideas is also a cornerstone <laughs> of America. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he, however, obviously couldn't get his plan to go all the way through because he couldn't seduce all of Congress at once. Because mm. there was a lot of them. Oh, that's they were rarely in the same room, and his dad party. was in there. <laughs> so that's three strikes yeah, right you there. you can't back in front of your dad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not, not going to work. Are your notes written on the back of a uh, checking? They are. All right, a deposit slip. You get a cash chime. He works at a bank. Uh, and the reason Hamilton and Lawrence's descendants couldn't print those letters is because they revealed his divine secrets. It wasn't okay. about him being an angel, him being the angel of the, of the spirit of America. <laughs> the divine secrets of the John John angel. And of course, uh, when his work was done, when he had firmly uh, ensured that the revolution was a success and that certain progressive ideas would take root in some of the most influential people of the time, uh, he did not die, but returned to heaven. But as the angel of America, he returns often. To have sex with important thinkers in American <laughs> history and implant them with divine inspiration. Now, we don't know everybody who he's had sex with mm-hmm. over the course of the years. Uh, maybe in the future of the podcast, we could find that out. I imagine Franklin Roosevelt. <laughs> Very possibly. He was into some weird fucking. That's true. Uh, credit to Byron Graham <laughs> a little bit for that joke. <laughs> but we do know that he gave a few interviews. One interview he gave to playwright... Tony Kushner. God damn it, I knew it. <laughs> when he talked about how he visited uh, attorney Roy Cohn, <laughs> oh as well as uh, a gay man in New York City who he gave divine inspiration to. Kushner later turned it into the nonfiction play Angels in America. <laughs> he gave an interview to Christopher Lloyd. We talked about the time he helped the American sport of baseball team <laughs> win a pennant to reunite a family. The American sport of baseball team. <laughs> exactly so. Exactly how it's per- called. Exactly what it's called. Turned into the nonfiction uh, movie Angels in America. Where Christopher Lloyd, of course, in Angels, of, Angels in America, um, Emma Thompson played John Lawrence. Uh, in Angels in the Outfield, Christopher Lloyd played John Lorenz. And of course, he also gave an interview to Joss Whedon, who slightly Fuck reworked me. his premise to work into the Buffyverse. Slight, and, uh, very, very slightly. Yeah, he turned reworked. him into a vampire with the Because song. I don't think, I don't think Angel in the show, Angel ever fucked anybody, because that was bad. Yeah, well, he did fuck somebody. He lost his soul when he did it. But that was in Buffy. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, he worked, he reworked the premise slightly, but when John Lawrence told him about the time he fought supernatural evil in Los Angeles, he couldn't pass up the opportunity to make the show Angel. And that is the story of America's guardian angel, John Lorenz. The true story. Oh, god damn it. Who watches over us all to this day, and fireworks are him ejaculating into the sky. <laughs> oh, god, the why? Why is that the thing that you ended on? Yeah, I, I kind of wish it didn't. <laughs> so what you're saying is that John Lawrence is basically Chris Angel. 
Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he's a magician. John Lorenz is America. Mm. And he's kind of magician, yeah. I mean, all angels are sort of magicians. <laughs> in, that, in that they're both frauds. Well. <laughs> don't disparage half of the American public who believes in angels and half the American public who believes in magic. <laughs> there, I, I imagine there's mostly overlap in there, right? Mm, mm, yeah, probably some. Uh. I want to beat the people who aren't, like, in the overlap of that Venn diagram, who just believe in magic but think angels are bullshit. They're uh, probably interesting. You know, there's some, like, Christians <laughs> that believe that uh, angels are, uh, like, scientists, but not magicians. They go through space-time continuum holes, so maybe that's, like, the little corner. You have no idea. Well, I respect everyone's beliefs, but that is We're a diverse land, America, guided by the spirit of John Lorenz. These are the same Um, people that protest Planned Parenthood. (laughs) (laughs) You should should know that. (laughs) And if I have one regret from this podcast, it's not at the beginning, insist Steve, when awarding us points, called us Slytherin and Gryffindor, respectively. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of... I am at least a Hufflepuff, sir. Mm. So, Steve, you are judging. I'm curious to see how this point system works out. But we'll turn it over to you for your verdict. Well, I really liked the part where he freed slaves. And that gets points for both of you because it existed. In both stories. In both stories. Yeah. So... You each get a Pac-Man. Great. Now here we go. It's of course. Time. Pac-Man, the symbol, the symbol of freedom. Of abolitionists <laughs> across the world. It's time for the bonus round. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Just taking yeah. over. This is just an experiment, mm. right? Okay. And if you think that John Lawrence were to experiment on anything, <laughs> what would he experiment on? Oh, wow. Um, I would say, as the guardian angel of America... The applications of hot dog re-competitive eating and re-sex. Okay. Well done. Well done. Both of his interests. Because of his particular experiences in war, some sort of protective armor for horses. I like that. As well as some sort of invisible ink for fuck letters. All right. I like like all three of those answers. Uh, Zach, you gave me one thing. No, sex and competitive eating. (laughs) Hey, thin line between the two. That's, that's a very good point. I find that the two are often intertwined. Mm. So, therefore... Because I think it's weird when ESPN shows both of them. <laughs> you get a one on this one. All right. I just hope my past points you can carry two. me through. All right. We'll see what happens here. Bonus round. <laughs> okay. You have a passport. You're John Lawrence. You're in the future and you can fly anywhere. Where wait, would you wait, go? Like the... The future, like, present day or the future from looking forward from today? We're going to say 2025. Passport and I can go anywhere. And I am You John know what? Lawrence. I'm John Lawrence. I have a passport. I'm going to go to what is surely the flaming remains of Britain after Brexit has taken its <laughs> full toll and pee on the remains of Buckingham Palace saying, Liberty! Yeah. That's a good answer, yeah. Um, I was going to say probably the now seceded South um, and go and pee on his father's grave because his father sounds like a real asshole. Both ways. Urination in either case. Uh, Zach, you're going to get a Nike swoosh. Nice. Mm. Brian, you get the Adidas slashes. Final question. <laughs> right. what's, what's, uh, what are you guys doing later? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, not hang out. <laughs> I didn't have any questions prepared. I should add that in. Yeah, yeah we can. Uh, what we can. would John Lawrence name his child? Gender neutral. Oh, gender neutral. Because he actually did have a daughter. He did, but I don't know her name. Uh, gender neutral. Ye old, ye old gender neutral for sure. Well, uh, perhaps in honor of his best friend, a shortened version, Alex, uh, could go for either. You know what? I'm not even going to say male or female. A gender fluid child. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, in honor of the spirit of America, he would name his child Guns. <laughs> the correct correct answer was Aham. Oh, Aham! Oh, damn it! That blends you were both close. America and its love of meats. Yes, of course, its love of processed meats. You were close. And weird units of consuming meats. So you have earned a half in ham. Yeah. Mm. Time for the final That's tally. The best kind of great. Uh, Zach, you have uh, ended with eight and a half points, <laughs> a star, a dollar sign. A cat pop tart. Nice. A Pac Man. That cat pop tart. A number one and a Nike swoosh. Excellent. That seems like pretty solid scores. You have eight points, Mm. a smiley face, Buffy's dagger, Mm. Pac Man, the number two, the Adidas logo, and half a ham. Therefore, (laughs) (laughs) there is, of course, meaning in this. The winner of. the revisionists would be Brian. <laughs> Devastating. And this is because he was a good person. <laughs> and also, I was I was just waiting for you. To, uh, you know, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> I spaced out for a second. It was a great competition. And Zach, that particular story I did find it was, very relevant. It was a, to it our was times. a great story. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Now, if the angel had driven a monster truck and invented NASCAR, he probably would have won. Well, did he have sex with a guy who invented NASCAR and created divine inspiration to create NASCAR? Maybe. Hmm. We'll never know. The mystery. <laughs> we'll never. I kind of. I mean, I'm glad the real history went out because I loved. John Lawrence, I think he's great, uh, but I do. Part of me will always miss the opportunity of having his angel flying around, fucking different people to inspire them. I mean, that's that's pretty great, but who's to say that that's not also the reality? I mean, like you could <laughs> T- technically you <laughs> I, technically yes, but like I don't know, you know, maybe when I'm asleep, John Lawrence comes and touches me because I get inspired. Sure. Some days more than others. We can only hope that John Lawrence comes and touches us. You get inspired so much that you have to watch your shits. Anyway, um, Steve, thank you. Yes, thanks for having me. Yep. These uh, both stories were true, but I'm going to go with Brian's. Okay. But they're, they're both very true. Uh, before we head out, uh, listeners, as always, you can leave us a comment or ask us a question on revisionistpodcast.com. Uh and you can write a review of this podcast on iTunes. Again, oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, that's ominous. Steve is pulling out his phone. Um, we've got a lot of very gracious reviews. And thank you for everyone who's taken the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you write out a review, uh, it's very, very helpful to spreading the show. Sure. Also, another thanks to Byron at Westward for profiling us in uh, podcast 
profiles. And also former guest Zach Moss uh, used a segment from the show on his amazing podcast, uh, Whiskey and Cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you to both of them. Uh, also, before I forget, you can uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. On Twitter, we're at RevisionPod. Uh, and before we go, Steve, like I said, you host shows all over. Yeah. Uh, you have a show called Joke and Tell, which uh, by the time the next one happens... This will be out. This will be, be out the day after that. Yeah. Uh, but I will be on that show, and I'm super excited for it. Yeah, it's going to uh, be fun. Do you want to just tell people about the premise real quick? Yeah, the premise is uh, stand-up comedians doing show and tell, and they can bring whatever item they want. Uh, whether it's something they actually care about or don't, and they present a show and tell on it, and it's really funny, and it's going to be more common that it'll be out from now on. Nice. It's, it's going to repeat. It's not a one-off. And it's at the uh, Comedy Room Room? It's in the Comedy Room Room at El Chirito. All right. Great. Uh, but you also, you host uh, you host other shows. I, I host Chain Reaction. Uh, and I hosted Declaration, and that's dead. But right? Declaration is dead, but Chain Reaction lives on. Chain, Chain Re- Reaction is a fucking great show. Chain Reaction is the party that never stops. Declaration... Is a party that stopped. It's, it never started. <laughs> it, never, <laughs> it never started being a party. It, no, it never got there. But Chain Reaction, the, Chain the, Reaction. the healthy child survived. Yeah, yeah, the real Darwinism. Yep, exactly. Uh, in terms of comedy shows. Uh, as for me, like I said, uh, yeah, you missed your chance to see me at Joke and Tell. But Friday the 30th, I will be at West, uh, West Fax Brewery uh, over by Casa Bonita performing there. So come check that out. Yeah, cliff diving. Cliff diving, of course. Uh, not in Casa Bonita, so just off a cliff. Uh, which is, uh, come watch my cry for help, I guess, everyone. <laughs> That's what comedy is all about. But for everyone here at The Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. I'm Steve. <laughs> have a good time. Have a good time. <laughs> I forget that this is not time specific, but then I forget it doesn't matter, but it's too late. Our classic sign off, have a good time. Have a good time. <laughs> Said like you don't want to be saying what you're saying. Yeah.